All right, well, some of you guys know we started a, a Bible plan in our app this week on Lent, which is the 40 days leading up to Easter. It starts with Ash Wednesday, which was back in the middle of February. This is a one-week plan. It's a short one. It's just kind of focus our minds on some of these things. And, and part of that time is about preparation for getting us in the, the right space in our minds and hearts to think about what it was that Jesus did for us, right? And what it means for Jesus to give of himself and what the resurrection means and what that changes in our lives. So today, we're going to start a four-week series that's going to lead us into Easter. I'm not going to preach Easter, which is going to be the first Sunday in April. But this month, we're going to be looking at Good Friday. Now, you remember on your calendars, Good Friday is right the Friday before Easter. Now, on the Jewish day, and you remember this, this is from all the way in the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He said it was good, there was evening, and then there was morning the first day. Okay? Evening came first, and then morning. And that's how the day was structured. So for Jewish folks, evening came first. As soon as the sun went down, the new day starts. So the sun setting is your clock turning over. So if you look in your Bibles, and we're going to look at this, and if you want to go ahead and turn to John chapter 13, which is where we'll be today in your Bible or your Bible app. Once the sun goes down, Jesus gets his disciples together, and they start doing stuff. So you see there's four little pictures on here, and they're in clock order. Right? Clockwise. We've got a towel, because Jesus washes his disciples' feet. We've got the bread and the cup, because he has the Lord's Supper with Passover. Then he goes into the garden and he prays. And then all of the things that lead up to the cross and burial. What's crazy, what's crazy, is sundown to sundown is when all that happens. 24 hours for all of that. And so that's what we're going to be looking at this next month to start preparing us for what resurrection means. We're going to look at all these other things. The last couple of years, the Sunday before Easter, we've done Palm Sunday. And I love Palm Sunday. It's this beautiful celebration of Jesus' entry into Jerusalem and wave the palm branches, and we talk about that, and it's such a good thing. But the problem is that we don't do a lot of teaching and other things in between, and so we don't usually do a lot of talking in that week about the rest of the stuff that happens. So this year we're, we're not going to focus on Palm Sunday so that we can really focus on this day of Good Friday that leads to the cross. Okay? So that's, that's where we're going. So today we're going to be talking about washing feet and Jesus washing his disciples' feet. Some of you guys might have participated in a foot washing ceremony before. I don't know if any of you have done that. I've done it once or twice. It's a very interesting and strange thing. Now, most of you, I'm looking around, almost no one in the room is like me with their sandaled feet, right? Most of the people then would have had feet that were in sandals. They would be walking along these dirt roads. Some of them might have even been barefoot. Uh, and they walked on the roads, and the animals walked on the roads, and the animals do what they want when they want. And you're not always paying attention to where your foot's going. And so their feet were pretty nasty, you can imagine. And so when they'd go into somebody's house, did you want that coming in with you? Because it was on your foot. It wasn't just, you know, if you step wrong on a sandal, 
it gets up underneath and you start squishing it. Oh, yeah, you guys know. Some of you guys are like, I can't even wear sandals because of that. Me, I, you know, it's just, this is life. It just gets caught up in there. And so they needed their feet to be cleaned when they went into somebody's house because just taking their shoes off was not good enough, right? And so this is a very, very common part of life for folks in this kind of culture, in this kind of time. Didn't have shoes and socks. And so if you've participated in a foot washing ceremony, it felt strange and and a humbling thing, and it's a very weird thing, but it's, it's weird for a lot of reasons that are not the same reasons as it would have been strange for Jesus to do this for his disciples in this context. Because we don't go into houses and get our feet washed, right? That's just not, that's not our experience. That's not our culture. And so as we talk about this today, we want to make sure we're hearing what's happening for Jesus and his disciples in their culture, and then we're going to take some time to think about that after and what it means for us, okay? So if you've got your Bible open to John chapter 13, we're going to start in verse 1. It says, before the Passover celebration, and we're going to talk more about Passover next week, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to the Father. All right, Jesus know what's going on? He knows what's coming. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. It's a beautiful, beautiful thought, right? Deep love for them. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Boy, that right after he loved his disciples to the very end, huh? And then knowing that one of them, Jesus knew that his father had given him authority over everything, and that he had come from God and would return to God, okay? Jesus knows who he is. Jesus knows what he's doing. So, okay, go back. He knew the Father had given him authority over everything. What's authority? Power. Who's the boss? Jesus is a boss, right? All right, so think about your boss. Think about the highest up in the company, all right? You come from God and return to God. So, because of that, he got up from the table And he took off his robe, and he wrapped a towel around his waist. He poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around them. Whose job do you think this was in most houses? I read one thing, and yeah, I don't know how accurate it was, but they said that they wouldn't even let the Jewish slaves do this. It had to be foreign slaves that did it. It was such a low task. Or you would do your own. But the, the master of the house is not the one doing it, right? You, right, you wouldn't think Jesus would be the one doing it. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? What's he thinking? Something's wrong. This isn't how this works. This isn't how this works. Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I'm doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested, you will never, ever wash my feet. I know how this works. I know the rules. We are not doing it this way. I know what's right here, Jesus, and you are not doing it right. Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Well, then, 
Peter exclaimed. Wash my hands and head as well, Lord, not just my feet. I want to really belong to you. Let me, let me switch from, from not letting you do what you're trying to do to, to showing how, how, how pious I am, right? How much I get it now. Okay, then do it all. Do it all. Jesus replied. This, this is Jesus and, and Peter, right? A lot of times. This, this is Jesus and me a lot of times, right? A person who is bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. What's Jesus just done? This is the thing Jesus likes to do. He's just, yeah, he just kind of turned it, right? Are we really talking about dirt right now? Yeah, well, suddenly we're not talking about dirt anymore. Suddenly we're talking about this kind of dirt, right? This kind of dirt. For Jesus knew who would betray him. That is what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? And they answered, nothing, because they said, I guess we don't. You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, because that's what I am, okay? So he's up here, right? And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet... You ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. Okay. So, why are we not always washing each other's feet here in the building. If Jesus said that now that we know it, we need to do it. Just do it. Just do it, says Sebastian. Yes. But what's Jesus getting at here? And most of you guys know what he's getting at here. But let's look at a couple things that we see in this about Jesus before we get to where we're going, okay? So first off, we talked about this in the beginning. Jesus knows his identity and purpose, right? He knows who he is. He knows where he came from. He knows what he's here for. He knows what he's about to do. He knows what's going on. Jesus is incredibly and completely secure in who he is. Have you ever had a moment of crisis in your identity or what you're doing or whatever? Yeah, yeah, this happens. This is constant for us, right? Because we're always like, you know, I'll just be standing here, I'll be a great day otherwise, and I'll be like, what am I doing with my life? Why am I doing this? What is going on? Why is, why is anything, okay? This is not what Jesus is doing. Jesus knows exactly what's going on. And because of this, because of this, because Jesus knows that if he gets down on his hands and knees with a towel, he's not going to lose his position, right? Can you imagine in a corporation, Fortune 500, the highest up boss getting down and washing the feet of the janitor? I, I can't imagine it. They, they'd think he was crazy. They would, and, and I think that comes from, we're, part of it's we're not secure a lot of times. If I do that, well, that means it's my job or something, right? That, that means that that's all I think I'm worth. If I touch the lowest person's feet, I must be worth less than their feet. And there's this messed up way that we think about ourselves and we think about others and we, we stratify people. Right? 
But what's Jesus doing here? He's saying, this is, not, this is not how I see you guys. This is how I see you guys. This is how I see you guys. Right? And so he's going to show them love. He's going to do something that they would not expect him to do to make a point and an example. And in that, he gives us his life. Now, at first when I wrote this, I wrote his mission. But it's more than that. And of course, we're also talking, we got the cross that's coming up. But, but we're not just talking about how he gave his life as in a sacrifice. I'm talking about how he has invited us to take on who he is in how we go about our lives, right? What does Christian mean? You know what it means? Christ, it means little, little Christ. Little Christ is what it means. And it was supposed to be something that made fun of Christians is the way they used it first. But, but it, it means we're like little Jesuses running around. It's like what we're supposed to be. Is we're, you know, we're just little hands and feet of Jesus running around doing stuff. Jesus has given us who he is. Jesus has given us his purpose in this to go out and do it for others. Right? That's what he's saying. And so we go further in this chapter, and it says, Dear children, I will be with you only a little longer, verse 33. And as I told the Jewish leaders, you will search for me, but you can't come where I'm going. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. That's, that's big. That's big, right? That's big stuff. Our love. Our love. How are we doing on love? It's hard to do sometimes. It's hard to do. But that, that is the metric Jesus gives us. That is what Jesus wants from us more than anything else, right? Is what's, what's the greatest commandment? It was our memory verse last week. It's love the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul and your mind and your strength. And the second is like it, which means this is part two, love your neighbor as yourself, right? I've given you this command, love each other just as I have loved you. That is how we show that we are like Jesus. So how do we wash feet? Because when we talked about it earlier, right, this is not a normal thing for us. And if we do it, it's not that there's not value in doing that. If you've ever done a foot washing ceremony, there is value, I think, in doing it. Because it, it reminds you of getting down and serving. It's humbling for you, and it can be humbling for the person receiving that washing, too. Because a lot of times, does everybody just want help all the time? Sometimes we're like, nah, I can do this myself. I got it. I can take care of it. But sometimes it's good to let someone else serve. So what we want to ask the rest of this morning is how do we translate washing feet today? And we tried. Tyler and I sat and we racked our brains and I went online and I searched all over the place for, for what is something we can do in service today that is like foot washing but that actually makes sense for us today. And the truth is, we're such, we're such a different kind of society. And the way we do things, there's not a good translation. Because there's nothing that anybody comes in here and has to have done as soon as you walk in the building, right? It's just, it's just not a thing the same way. But, but there, there are things that we need, and there are ways we can serve each other, and there are ways we can love each other. So what we're going to do is, in a second, I'm going to pull this, this piece of paper over, and we're going to come up with some ideas. And we're going to write them down. And that's going to be our application for today, is we're going to think through this. 
But I want to read you some of these things that some people sent me. I sent out a text asking for some stories of service. I got a few. And I'm, hey, that's all right. That's what we're going to do after this is we're going to keep processing. We're going to keep processing. So DJ said that a person gave to her financially in a way that was sacrificial. They didn't owe her anything, yet committed themselves to paying her debts that they didn't owe. They employed her, gave to better her situation, exposed her to a new way of living, and never complained or displayed any anger towards her when she failed to follow through. Isn't that powerful? She says she got to see hard work, dedication, faithfulness, prayerfulness, honor, respect, and grace in a different light. They gave without expecting anything. That's somebody choosing to serve and to love. Rue says that Shirley Edwards has served her since they first met. She showered her with blessings galore. She's prayed for her, served her with rides, love, and much-needed guidance. Not only has she been there for Rue, but for Muscles and the entire family. Rue says, I thank God for her almost daily. I've known Shirley for about four years, and I will cherish our friendship till God takes me home. You hear that? That pouring out, giving, doing what you can for someone when you don't have to. When there's no, nothing that's making you do it. Except what? Except the love of Jesus, right? Tree says he was reminded of this time at Camp Mo when he and David Skidmore were making a knucklehead run Red Hill. If you don't know what Red Hill is, it's a, it's a hill on a dirt road that they run. David suggested that they put the teen in the van to enjoy the air conditioning and that Tree and David went and ran Red Hill for him instead. You hear that service? She says it's one of the most selfless suggestions and examples he's ever seen. I remember just a few weeks ago when the hot water tank back here broke. I came in, I saw it, and I walked over to Ron's office and I told him about it. He was wearing dress shoes and slacks and a white shirt and a tie. He took his tie and he tucked it in his shirt and he went back there and he got a mop. It wasn't somebody else's job. I've known quite a few ministers who, like me, would have just gone and told somebody else. But I'm thankful for Ron, who set an example, grabbed a second mop, and dragged my bones into service too, right? <laughs> All right, so I'm going to pull this up. I'm going to sit down here in front. What else can you guys think of? How can we serve those around us? What do we know people need? And, I mean, this can be specific, this can be broad, but what are ways we can wash the feet of the community around us? Okay? We're going to start up here. We're going to smile. We're going to give words of encouragement. Okay? Boy, this is a, a time when... There are a lot of words that are not encouraging, right? Ah, you and me both, brother. Yes. 
So Terry, for those of you online who can't hear, Terry's saying that uh, back earlier in Contacts Life, there was uh, some Bible studies that were going on over at Normandy Apartments, and uh, they helped organize, Janet, and helped organize baby showers for some of the women there who were pregnant, who wouldn't have been able to have something otherwise. So do we know anybody who's pregnant? <laughs> one, or, one or two out and around? Do we know some mamas that, that don't have that much? So taking care of mamas. So let's see, baby showers. That's good. In community. Yeah. What kind of work? Just handyman? Yeah. Okay, so we can offer home... Uh, yeah, home and lawn services. Yeah. What you got? Yeah. Yeah. Man. So yeah, talking about back during the ice storm. <laughs> talking about uh, TD coming and helping with ramps and taking them in and putting them out and, and cleaning off. And so, um, you know, do we have we have folks that are that are getting towards things like needing wheelchairs and other things like that that might need some some service. So putting in some uh, um, installing equipment, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what a good phrasing is. B building building things. <laughs> that snow and ice one was a good one. Uh, that I hope we don't have to deal with again for a while. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man. So Billy's saying someone showed up with the lawnmower when he needed one, and we just gave it to him. And so I think what we hear there is, do we know needs around us? Are there needs that we have access and can provide for? Something going funky? Up there. Check that plug that's on the back behind the chair, because that's what usually makes that loose. Uh, so, know and provide needs. Yeah, so are we, are we in a position with the people around us, and with people here in this room too, where we know what's going on enough that we know how to serve and provide. Yeah, I think that's I think that's right. Hope we're hope so, and hope we're working on it. And if not, we might just have to go black screen on it and see what happens. So just 
Angry? It's not doing anything on the TV screen back here, so I don't know what's going on. What else? That's right, Satan. Satan's trying to get in here and, and stop it and distract our thoughts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. No, that's big. That's big, Rue. Rue said, Rue said she had to put her cat down on Friday, but there's a lot of people who checked in with her and, and gave her some encouragement and some love. You may just need to turn it off, I think, uh, and and showed some love. So how, um, encur- I mean, encourage. We got words of encouragement up here, but, you know, call. Call. And text uh, with, okay, with compassion. Call and text with compassion. Reach, reach out to each other. That's one of the things we want to do. As, as we build community here, I mean, part of the way we build community is we talk to each other, right? And Sunday morning is just not enough time to cut it. It's got to happen throughout the week. And so we're trying other things. We're trying things like our Bible app plan that some of you guys are there in. But there's got to be more than that, right? We got to do more. Um, that is, it is. Yeah, and so that's where you know it doesn't always have to be. We can go hit each other's porches, but we can also just shoot a text message. You know, if you guys need phone numbers and things like that, we've got a lot of them, and we can provide those. Um, that's something that's that's good to do that we check in. What else you got, Billy? Yeah. Man. Read and eat together. You know, and that's something, if we can find time to be together, because you know, you know we know there's different folks in here. Some of us, like me, you can put me in a room by myself for a week, and I'll probably be pretty happy. Other folks, it's not the same. And we got to, you know, people like me, I got to rip myself off the floor sometimes to go get out to make sure that I'm sharing love with people. Because there's other people around who we know they need, they need a different thing. We all need different things. And we have the gifts within this community to provide those different things. And that's how we share with each other, but also those around us. What else? What other simple, are there any simple things? Mm. Yeah. All right. Our praise and prayer cards, the way that we get a chance to lift up needs, and then that we get to write down those needs and keep on praying for them as a community throughout the week. That's good. (laughs) 
Yeah, so within within our homes, you know, we've got some of us are married, some of us are not married. We've got all kinds of different living situations. But how can you just take care of whoever else you're living with? What else can you do at home that will bless those around you? Because, I mean, that's where a lot of this starts, right? A lot of this starts with what our life looks like in the house. I mean, you hear stories about, you know, someone who's a great public speaker, a great leader, and you hear about their home life, and you wouldn't want to live with them. I mean, it sounds nasty because they're figuring out how to split their personality into multiple places. But we don't want to be that kind of people, right? We want to be people that reflect Jesus every moment of every day. And so we got to find ways to make that the case everywhere. And Jesus is doing this. He's in an upper room. He's just with his disciples. He's hidden. They're in secret by himself. And he's doing this. Babbitt. Stranded. Yeah. Yeah, we almost started late. They made it just in time. I think we were a couple minutes behind because Ron's battery and Big Red died when he was driving it around. And so Apple came and jumped it. So uh, I know we got some guys here and some others who can do some car repair and, and showing up. Let's put that as a separate one. Show up. You know, that's one of the things that Ron talks about a lot that's a big one is show up. Man, if somebody texts you with something and you can, show up. There are times when we have need and there are moments in our lives that are are scary or are challenging. And boy, is it great to have someone to lean on in those times. And especially when you can really physically lean on them, right? There's something, there's something it's been hard this year, hadn't it? You know, this is uh, March 8th last year was the last Sunday before everything shut down. So we're one year from when that happened. And this year has been hard. It's been hard. I mean, and man, 500,000 people. And that's, that's sobering. We have a chance, as we've had a chance the whole time, to continue to be like Jesus. To find ways to show love, to adapt. It's it's not as fun always, the ways we've had to do things. It's not always as fun to wear a mask, although I haven't been sick as much the last year otherwise, so I might keep wearing one. But... But we keep finding ways, right? Because God has given us a spirit of creativity. And we can look at the story that says wash feet. And we can make a list. And we can say there's more that we can do. There's ways that Jesus is still calling us to bless the lives of others. I'm thankful for you guys. I'm thankful that we have chances like this to talk and to dream and to challenge each other. And my hope is that we are so focused on Christ 
were so focused on his love and the way that he loved his disciples and the example that he gave us that we're ready to get as nasty as we need to to show love. That doesn't mean we become nasty. I love the story of Jesus and the leper. There's more than one. But in this story, the the leper wants to be healed, and he says, Jesus, you can make me clean. And in Jewish law, you don't touch the person with leprosy because then you'll catch it from them because the nasty on the leper rubs off onto you. But Jesus says, I'm willing. He says, be clean, and he touches him. And Jesus is clean, rubs off on the leper. Jesus' love changed these 11 guys up in this room. Jesus' love keeps changing us. There is nothing nasty we can bring that Jesus can't clean. And there is nothing so nasty in this world that Jesus can't clean that too. We get to be little Christs. We get to be like Jesus. We get to show love. Think of something from this list. Take it home with you. Take a few home. Let's serve each other. Let's love each other. Let's be like Jesus. Let's stand and sing.